Welcome to Off Trail with Erie Metro Parks. My name is Mike Hensley, and today we're talking all about maple sugaring. Yum. This is like one of my favorite things to talk about other than birds and moths. So we're going to give an early air horn. And anything else. (laughs) I do like to talk about a lot of things, but like. You have like a top three. Yeah. If I, if I had to pick my top three, it would go birds, maple sugaring, then moths. Yeah. But they're um, all seasonal. They are all seasonal. Oh, so and seasonal. they don't, they don't, well, moths and birds kind of overlap a little bit. And yeah. maple sugaring and birds kind of overlap. Mm-hmm. But actually, birds are all the time. But birds are all the time. But main birding is like spring. Spring, spring and fall, yeah. Um, maple sugaring, though, is a very tight window that is um, kind of strictly based on the weather. So here at the park, um, when I first started, I had already done maple sugaring at previous places that I worked. When I got here, Melissa, ironically, had said that she was looking into maple sugaring before. I'm like, oh, I know how to do all that stuff. I got that. She's like, all right, go ahead. I'm like, what? She's like, go ahead. Yeah, hey, just, go. Do just do it. <laughs> yeah, me and Melissa are just so excited. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. we had no idea about any of it, but a lot of people had been requesting it. And we're like, well, I mean, we learn how to do other things. So we'll learn how to do this. It'll be fine. Yeah. And then Mike comes and he's like, Oh yeah, I've been doing this forever. And I have like a history program and I'm like, great. Perfect. (laughs) It's all yours. (laughs) Yeah. So, so maple sugaring for me is really fun. um, Cause I do like history a little bit. Um, Not as much as I enjoy nature, but it's a good balance between history uh, science and then there's some chemistry uh, kind of mixed in there too when you get down to the evaporation process but not that chemistry is my favorite I don't really like it but it's yeah. important to talk about so what we're going to do today is we'll go through this is going to be a two-part series so we're going to do kind of the process of maple sugaring what we do here at the park how it works and then the next episode will be all about the history um, and we'll have a special guest with us for that one so it's going to be fun and it's going to be interesting. And I'll start off with talking about kind of how it starts. Um, so maple sugaring each year. Um, also, you're going to hear a lot of me talking in this episode. So if you don't like my voice, sorry. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. And we'll just be asking lots of questions. Yeah. Yes. So when maple sugaring starts, um, it it's usually depends. Well, not usually. It 100% depends on the weather. Um, so over the last few years... It usually starts towards the end of January, sometimes mid-January, and then can run all the way to April, depending on where you're located. Um, so where we are, last year I think I tapped on January 13th is my what my uh, spreadsheet says. And then I pulled did it. Did you tap that early? I yeah. didn't realize that. Yeah. And I did because we got a few warm days like today, um, but I'm going to hold off because we're supposed to get some really cold temperatures over here the next few weeks. Yeah. And then... Um, I preemptively did it because of OPRA, which is our annual conference. And then I pulled the taps, I think, in April, but I wasn't um, running SAP after probably the second week in March. So last year uh, here at the park, we collected 153 gallons of SAP, and we made just over three gallons um, 
of syrup, we did lose about 60 gallons of sap to spoilage towards the end of the season. Uh So I had to dump that out. Um, And that happens, and we'll talk about that a little bit here in a bit. Um, So what you're doing is when you're maple sugaring, whether it's a hobby or um, it's a, maybe you have a farm or something like that. Basically what you're looking for is below freezing at night and above freezing in 40 to 45, 50 will be okay too. Uh, not too much more than that um, during the day so that the sap will flow. Um, the reason why is because when there's sugar in the tree, there's nitrogen, there's phosphorus, there's all kinds of things in the tree and there's pressure that's built up in gas from all of these things and it forces the sap from the frozen section of the tree up top throughout and it forces it down instead of up sucking up or we're going to the leaves and trying to take nutrients to the rest of the tree and then just kind of flows right out your uh, your hole wherever you drill for. So if you don't have those temperatures, you can really, um, one, if it's too cold, then obviously the sap is going to continue to stay frozen. And then if it gets too warm, then your tree's going to bud and it's not really going to do you any good. So the, that's the basic part um, of how it works. And then you take that sap and then you boil it off. You boil off the water is what you do. Um, that's what takes most of the work. Because once you go out and drill a hole and put a tap in, you're basically just a waiting game until the sap starts to flow. And for me, that is basically from January 1st up until the season we end and we run our last bit of sap, I'm watching the weather pretty much that whole time every day, <laughs> looking for changes. And you guys will ask me, hey, Mike, is it going to run today? Well, it all depends on this, this, and yeah. this. And wind. <laughs> uh, one thing I didn't have to deal with as much at previous places that I worked was the wind. Once I got here, if you have a, you know, a 38, 40-degree day and it's really windy, sap's not going to run because it's st- the air temperature is still so stinking cold. Oh. So I had to learn that after the second year. At Edison Woods, when I did it the first year, it wasn't so bad when I got here. We get a lot more wind being close to the bay. And yeah. there were a couple of days where I thought it would run, but it didn't because of so windy. Oh. So it's a little little learning curve for me. Elevation also plays a factor too into temperatures when you're boiling. So all those things are factors. Um, your normal season for maple sugaring can run between four to eight weeks. Uh, some states, I think Vermont, which is one of the larger producers of maple syrup, I think their record was like 68 days one year. Wow. That's a lot. And like we get, like ours is like 40 in Ohio. Why is Vermont so much better? Uh, Vermont has, one, they have a high um, amount of maple trees. So not that we don't um, in Ohio, especially so- Southern Ohio has a lot of maple trees, but their climate is ideal. Um, they have a little bit of elevation, which helps. And then um, they're going to get those cooler temperatures for longer so their winter to spring is longer than ours would be traditionally. Okay. Um, so when, when I tap um, here at the park, it's a pretty simple process. Um, I do a 5 16th drill bit, and I put a, a, about an inch and a half hole into a maple tree. You can tap any maple tree with the exception of Norway maples. Mm. So you can tap sugar maples, which is your best. That has your highest sugar content. You can tap red maple, silver maple. The only reason you can't tap a Norway maple tree is because there's a teeny tiny small amount of latex in there. It's an invasive tree, 
And if you have a latex allergy, then that can get to someone and really harm them. Uh And it can gunk up some of your equipment too uh, when you get down to the boiling process. Now, uh, last year, our season was really short uh, because we went from like extremely cold temperatures to warm, like like quick, yeah. <laughs> like that. Mm-hmm. So it was it was a little weird and shortened. But when I drill that 516th hole, I'll put a spile in there. Um, you can either put a metal spile, you can put a plastic spile. Some people still use wooden spiles. And you put that, you just kind of tap it in there with a hammer a little bit. And that's where your sap will run down from your tree. And once, um, I usually tap when on the days I know it's going to run. Or when, when, basically, once I put the tap in the tree, it's already running. So that I know um, that we'll have sap in the next day. Mm -hmm. Now, depending on the size of your tree, the age of your tree, and the location of your tree depends on the sap yield. Um, So when I say sap yield, how much sap you're getting out of that tree. On average, this is just an average across the board for all maples, is between two to five gallons per tree. Of sap. So that's, that's a lot. That's a lot. That now, is. the average for um, amount of sap to amount of syrup is 40 to 1. So you can say anywhere from 40 to 45 gallons of maple sap will give you one gallon of maple syrup. So that right there tells you how much work's involved. Yeah. Now, um, for us here at the park, we do a very simple process. Like, we do it not primitive but we have a small evaporator pan and uh we use a little wood stove with it and we boil the sap right off um in our brand new (laughs) sugar shack generously provided by the dorn foundation um and the friends of erie metro parks so we built a sugar (laughs) shack uh and i love this thing already i've been spending a lot of time out there yeah um preparing things for this year. The last couple of years we did it outside, um, which it works that way. You can do it that way. Um, but now that I'll be able to control the heat more than I could last year and the year before, uh, it's going to take way less time. Yeah. Um, you have a year. designated space, a designated space. And yeah. I don't have to worry you won't about have it. to tear down and set up every day, <laughs> yeah. every day and every year or burn a tent <laughs> like I did last year. <laughs> uh, so, so yeah, it happens. Um, Nothing caught on fire. Right. Yeah, that's the that's the best part. Um, here at the park, uh, like I said, we we usually tap anywhere from fifteen to thirty trees. This year, we're going to up it a little bit um, to try to make a little bit more. Um, and then when we're collecting, that's probably the majority of the work. There is collecting. Um, tapping usually takes me about uh, me specifically here at the park. Uh, probably takes me about four, three to four hours, depending on how many trees I'm doing. Um, I'm very detailed with how I put the, how I drill the hole and everything. Cause I want, you want your trees to produce continuously year after year. Um, and if I, if I don't have a healthy heel on the tree or the hole doesn't heal properly, I'll skip that tree and move to another one. Um, so it gives that tree a little bit of extra time to heal properly. So we're not reintroducing more bacteria so it might heal like the next year and be ready to go for the next year yes and the what i've i've really been trying to figure out why some trees do better than others and i've come 
to a pretty good consensus of why. So trees that tend to be in a wetter habitat take a little bit longer to heal. Oh. Um, just because, so some of the ones in the Southwoods that we have that can be underwater for a long time in the spring and fall, they, uh, they take a little bit longer because it's fighting off other bacteria and things like that around the tree. So their healing resources are going other places or the tree might already be injured somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's, you know, already got its resources sent somewhere else. Um, some trees heal perfectly, some not. And I, like I said, I try to avoid those not so good ones. So, uh, the tree can heal properly and Mm -hmm. live longer. And if you're a large scale producer, you want your trails, your trails, your trees (laughs) to heal, uh, properly. So you can continue, uh, to provide right. sap and syrup for the future. Um, for me, uh, here at the park, we do, like I said, we do about 30 plus trees. And those trees, um, with the exception of one this year, have all been excellent with a good heel. Um, so I'll just, like I said, I'll just skip that tree and move to a new one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and none of them have ever been tapped before um, last year. So we don't really have to worry about the only thing that we have to worry about is that Chinese winter creeper getting up there and smothering them out. But they cut the big stuff down a few years ago. So now we just have to worry about the little vines moving up there. Um, And so once you've collected your sap, which I said is most of the work, uh, lugging that sap out of there is the biggest thing because sometimes it gets wet and you can't really take a gator in there. Mm -hmm. And then you move it up. um, We do like a two or three step filter process. We, run it through a cheesecloth to catch bugs and things like that. Cause believe it or <laughs> not, those things get in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and occasionally a deer will try to take over a squirrel will eliminate an entire bag of sap for me, which has happened. Um, <gasps> but, uh, then we take it and we put it on the pan and then we'll start to heat it. Uh, this is the longest part of the process is getting from sap to sugar. So, it can take anywhere from 8 to 15 hours from start to finish. Yeah, that's so a long time. when on those days, I usually come in around 5 and I'll start to boil. And getting the stove heated up is the biggest part of that. Because once you get to a rolling boil and you can keep it rolling, you're good. And then usually I can get out of here about 4 or 5 with a finished product. Yeah. So around 10 hours. I'm hoping I can cut it down again this year because the first year I did it, I had a makeshift stove. I think I used all cinder blocks, remember? Yeah. You did. I used cinder blocks and some old bricks. I just had an evaporator And you were so proud of it. Oh, I was too. (laughs) Uh, And it worked. And then we got the the wood stove, which cut my time. At the end of that season though, you came up and you were like, I need something. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because it... It did take, the, uh, that that one run was like right around 14 hours. Yeah, yeah. that's a oh, long Oh man, it was time. a long one. And then with the, um, with the wood stove, I can cut it down about two and a half hours. Wow. The only problem is it's not as easy to cool that stove down as it was to cool my makeshift stove down. Mm-hmm. Um, so once that's rolling, it's rolling. And then the next one... This year is going to be better because I won't be outside. I'll be in the shack, and I'll be able to that, – that heat will be even pinched in a little bit more. So I'm hoping to shave, like, at least another 45 minutes to an hour off that bad boy. Nice. 
So we'll that's, a long, that's a long time. Yeah. yeah. And I think yeah. that's one thing that people don't realize about maple sugaring is, you know, collecting and things like that. That's not super time intensive. It's getting your product. The interesting thing is, is large scale producers, they have managed to uh, kind of cut that time in half. Mm -hmm. It's wild. So what they do is they do, they use a reverse osmosis machine to remove like, I think it's like 60 to 80% of the water. Wow. And then they're just like, well. it refined. Cause easiest way to, to tell you is the, the sugar content in a, in a maple is anywhere from two to 3% and the rest is water. Uh -huh. So they're removing about 80% of that. They're nixing their time like way off. Wow. Mm -hmm. So if you ever see me outside <laughs> at the park at Osborne <laughs> oh, no. taking ice <laughs> off the top and chucking it, that's removing some of that water because the sugar takes longer to freeze. And a couple times it's happened, not since I've been here, but at other places that I've been where we've had a whole thing freeze of it. So I'll have a 55 gallon drum of sap freeze. Oh. And at the bottom about five to six gallons is a little bit of water and and like That's if you were to sugar. taste it, you can taste it's much more higher concentrated because sap right from the tree to most people tastes just like water. Mm -hmm. yeah. But once you get that stuff that's frozen and you pull it off, it's like very sweet water. Yeah. So well, last year you introduced us to sap tea. Oh, yeah. That's the best part. It's so good. And I learned something from the ops guys last year. So um, I guess one of our ops guys, Derek, and his family have maple sugar before, but they will take an egg and drop it in the evaporator pan and let it like boil and then they have like a dippy egg really like a sweet dippy egg i'm like i don't know if what? i would like that but i'll try it yeah uh that sounds like the best eggs benedict ever yeah. yeah so i didn't even know that was a thing but yeah derek's like oh yeah we used to do that all the time i'm like well i know what i might try maybe not with like ours maybe do like a small pot on the side because we give it away to people so i don't want <laughs> to <laughs> right right an egg in there um, but, uh, but sap tea, um, yeah, it's dangerous. It's a dangerous game. It's so good. So basically it's what we so do good. is we get, um, once the evap or the evaporation process starts, we get to about halfway and you can really start to see the color of the sap changing from clear to a lightish brown. And then I tell everybody in the office to go get a cup, get a bag of tea. <laughs> And you start, I just draw, I pull some out of there and put it on everybody's uh, tea bag and then yeah. mix it up. Sugar's already added. You don't really need to do anything yes. else. It's all natural. It's like a hug in a mug. <gasps> it's so good. <laughs> I, love a mug. That, I love that any different type of meat works too. Like, yeah. We had hibiscus and regular and Gray tea. berry. It's all good. Yeah. 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 That is green the, tea, green tea. What else? Yeah. Somebody had like orange flavored tea. People were trying all kinds of stuff, but it's really good. Super easy to make. And you're not using a ton of the syrup. And it's mm -hmm. like I said, it's all natural too. So that's the best part. Yeah. So you're not adding fake sugar into your body. Yeah. Um, so that reverse osmosis thing that I was talking about um, was a game changer. Cause these people are producing. Um, I think the biggest producer in Ohio last year, was around 2,300 gallons of sap. Whoa. So, I mean, they're cutting a ton of their time off with Jeez. 
that reverse osmosis and really making it move quicker for them because they're also going through a lot mm-hmm. of sap more than we are. Like I said, mm-hmm. last year we had 153 gallons and we only managed to get a small amount. But other trees other than maples do produce um, sugar sap as well. It just takes a lot more. So most of your maples are somewhere between 40 and 50. Sugar maple being the highest, um, and then red maple and silver maple have the continuing highest sugar content. Um, There is hickory. You can do that, but that's 80 to 1. So it would take you 80 gallons of hickory sap to make one gallon of maple syrup or hickory syrup. And then sycamore, which I heard is the best syrup of all, but that's 120 to 1. Yeah. Oh my so goodness. that's like, how would you do that? It's like, oh, it's, <laughs> I think they do it in like somewhere up north, like northwestish area. And I, I just couldn't imagine. I did hickory one time with a friend at the, like the end of my, when I was in college. And we were just exhausted after because yeah. we, I mean, it took us six, seven days to get the sap and then to boil it. it took us like two days. Yeah. So, yeah, I couldn't imagine. That's be one of those things where you need that reverse osmosis to really get rid of all that extra water. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so for evaporating, once you get it down in the pan, I never finish it in that pan because if you scorch that pan, it's going to ruin it. So I draw it off and then finish it inside on a stove, and I have a little hydrometer that tests how much water is inside of the um syrup because you still want a little bit somewhere around two percent so basically you're flipping it uh from (laughs) from a hundred percent or 98 percent water to about two percent water you're basically flipping there because that's what allows your syrup to be runny and whatnot yeah so but yeah basically you're just flipping it and that is what is like the very fine um because if you boil it at too hot of a temperature um, when I lived in the mountainous area that I lived before, it was around, I had to boil it at about 221 degrees. Now I boil it about 219 since we're so low in elevation. Oh. So, and you would think that that 2% or that two degree difference doesn't really matter, but it does because you can mm-hmm. scorch the pan real quick and then oh. the whole thing's gone, which the first time I ever did maple sugaring, um, I scorched the pan, like the oh. one of those big pans. Oh, dun, no. dun, dun. Yeah. Um, my boss at the time told me, oh, just fill the stove and then you can go home. I filled the stove. She didn't call me to tell me she had an emergency and I had to run back and check on it. So basically we came in and it was just a completely scorched, oh, no. like sticky mess on the bottom of the pan. Yikes. So... Well, and I felt terrible about it, and I hadn't even gotten, like, I was only a part-time person at the time, and I was like, well, I'm never getting a job here now. <laughs> so, um, but <laughs> it, it worked out, and we we wound up writing the wrong and fixing the problem. But for most of maple sugaring that we do here, I'm there the whole time kind of watching over it and making sure nothing goes wrong. Mm-hmm. Some of the interesting t- statistics, um, I've kind of pulled a couple here from – Ohio and from around the U.S. uh, to really kind of give people a perspective of how lucrative and how expensive maple syrup is. So I want you two to guess how much 
in Ohio, you think a gallon of maple syrup costs in 2020? A gallon? A gallon. gallon. 60 bucks. 60 bucks. Cheryl? I was going to say 20, but I think that's really low balling. You're going 20? Yeah. It's $45.40. How's a good guess, Melissa? So in the U.S., the average is about 33, 34 bucks. Um, Because Vermont produces so much, they like crank that price. Like it's like 28 bucks a gallon there. So, which like if you, if you buy it from like a a local farm here, it's like 10, 12 bucks for like a little, little, yeah, a little little quart of it or whatever. So um, it can get pretty expensive if you use it all the time. Uh, In Ohio, um, we're number five. This was a 2018 number because there wasn't any data recorded for 2020. and Not yet, anyway. We'll find out on Friday <laughs> what, the, what <laughs> yeah. the number is. Oh, that's true. Um, for that. Uh, but Vermont usually does, they're right around 50% of the U.S., which we had mentioned before. Uh, Canada gives us a little bit, but not too much. Um, Ohio is number five for production. Oh. Now, this is just people who are producing on a like a commercial scale. That's not like your homegrown or like like if you Melissa and David were to do it at your house you don't have to report it to anyone we don't report ours to anybody of a great importance mm-hmm. um so but ours doesn't go into that number so around 100,000 gallons was made in Ohio last year wow and um i wonder what those numbers would be if we actually did like report like if there everyone has to be plenty reported of people yeah, there has to be lots of people that do it. At well, yeah, home. because even when I did it after my first year, I think we had like four or five people contact us, contacted me about them doing it, and were asking for advice or help. And then um, Melissa Price's husband actually did it, and they made like a gallon and a half or something yeah. like that. So, mm-hmm. and realistically, you only need like a gallon for a year. If you're eating any more than that, <laughs> you have a sugar addiction. <laughs> now i will tell you that it's not just for pancakes i mean sap tea is one thing but my wife puts it in her coffee like that's all that's a great idea she loves it yep so she also puts candy canes in her coffee which i think is weird mm. is um, sounds good. so here's another one guess how much a get ga- all right so i'll tell you how much a gallon of water or a gallon of sap weighs anywhere between seven and eight pounds a gallon of water yeah. How, how much do you think a gallon of maple syrup weighs? 12 pounds. Yeah, I think around there I was going to say like 10. 11 pounds. Oh. You guys are aw- That was awesome. <laughs> Cheryl might have said 12 had Melissa not, but that was impressive. I, I thought you guys were going to be like, oh, like nine pounds. Like, right? Yeah, 11 pounds is how much a gallon of syrup weighs. Oh. So um, some, of the, some of the sad things about maple syruping, um, we're, obviously climate change affects it because if the weather's not good or uh, – very precise. You're not going to get any. So in 2016, 2017 is a world record um, for maple syrup production, right around 12 million gallons in the U.S., just a little bit over that. Um, But then from 2018 to 2020, we've dropped under 10 million. And the biggest reason is because of climate change. So it's much more difficult 
to pre- predict the weather. One, we were told we were supposed to get sun yesterday. <laughs> None. We were all so bummed. <laughs> so bummed. Um, and now with the making it more difficult and the increasing in temperatures, you're going to look at um, trees not producing as much sap. One, and the season's not going to last as long. So, like I said, we're going from uh, an abrupt change of weather. It's not really transitioning. I mean, I think we even saw that this fall. With we basically went from. 60 to 70 right into like to 40 to 20 there was no 60 it was like 80 80 (laughs) to 40 yeah but but when that happens then i mean obviously that's not affecting the maple sugaring uh process but it's affecting trees in general um so we're seeing that when we jump from winter what was it? Was it last year on Christmas? We had that like 80 degree day or 60 degree day. Yes. It was last Christmas. That. It was and last year. It was just like, well, I, as soon as that happened, I was like, oh, there goes maple sugaring season. And we yeah. did have a shorter season. I think our season here at the park was right around 35 days. Um, so this year, if the weather holds up, I'll be tapping in about a week or two um, anticipating that. So, so we did drop under 10 million um, for uh, gallons produced in the U.S. Now... Obviously, that can change, and you'll see Canada will just increase their ability to produce maple syrup as they move further forward. So um, one state that has basically dropped off the map with maple syruping is Kentucky used to have a lot of maple maple syruping, but due to increased temperatures, um, they've kind of lost a lot of their maple sugaring, except for in some of their mountainous areas. Uh-huh. Um, and my dad does it in Kentucky. So that's how I know. He said, you know, the last couple of years have been really rough with him. You know, they don't produce a lot. They just try to get enough for them, but they've Uh had trouble getting that even amount, small Hmm. amount. So, so yeah. And then one other thing that we do, uh, here at the park is like I had mentioned, we have a little history lesson that goes with it. Like I said, we'll talk about next week. Now, do you guys have any questions for me that I didn't hit one and two? you think would be vital to the listeners let's see well this is more for the listeners because if you're if you're in the south woods and you see a bunch of blue bags yes hanging from trees <laughs> that's that's our that's premium that's that's erie metro park's premium tree blood right there <laughs> <laughs> if i ever start a maple sugaring farm which I probably will when I'm old and retired. That's what I will call it, premium tree blood. <laughs> Not that it's tree blood. But, but. why <laughs> Why do you pick blue? Why are the bears oh, blue? Oh, I didn't even mention this, but Cheryl's one. right. That is yeah. a good one. So when the UV light passes through those blue bags, it slows the formation of bacteria like mold and things like that. So when you get those sunny days and the sap's got to sit out there a little longer... Um, not that bacteria can't form, it doesn't prevent it completely, mm-hmm. but it slows down that process and allows um, the sap to, to last a little longer in those bags than if you were in just a clear bag. So mm-hmm. excellent question, Cheryl. Nice. The tubing that they use. I um, had completely forgot. That, yeah, that was a super mm-hmm. sharp question. Thanks. I completely forgot too. And I'm the guy who does it. <laughs> um, so there's tubing too. Um, I don't use a ton of tubing oh, here yeah. at the park because we don't have elevation. Um, most of that's used for elevation or um, commercial manufacturers do a vacuum. So basically they make a very small hole. So I said I make a 5 16th size hole. They use like 3 16ths or smaller, 
put a basically like if you've ever had surgery and they put that surgical seal on your body to like cut you open or whatever so it doesn't get out of that area they put that on there and then they vacuum the sap out which oh. increases the yield by like 40 to 30 percent somewhere in there oh wow so they're just whoop, moving it right out of there on top of all the other things so that's why they're able to produce 3,000 plus gallons yeah. of sap per year so how <laughs> long can so let's say you collected all your sap mm-hmm. how long can it sit before you boil it so before it goes bad basically that depends on the temperature so yeah if you have like a big refrigerator and you can store it it can last for a while eventually it will go bad in the fridge but if you can yeah. freeze it i mean even better yeah even better oh, okay um but the um oh my goodness drew a blank here probably if it the temperature's between 40 and 50 you have about a day and a half too that's why i like oh. when i get a full thing i'm like i gotta run it now i can't wait yeah Cause I'm, cause I'm i've just, seen you do that before i'm like, always afraid oh. of it spoiling yeah and last year i said it i said i should just go in and do it and i said i'll just wait an extra day came back in the next day and it was bad whole thing spoiled oh. across the top it'll look real cloudy and kind of gross like oh look like somebody hawked a bunch of loogies in there basically <laughs> that's really what it looks like yeah. and then you just know it's no good uh one time gross. i tried once when i first started i tried to deny that it was spoiled so i i boiled it all the way down took a spoonful of the syrup in my mouth and i was like that is spoiled rotten <laughs> that oh. was a waste of time <laughs> what does it taste like when uh, it's spoiled basically like um like if you've ever have you accidentally <laughs> ever drank uh, like some type of juice in the fridge that's spoiled oh yeah kind just like that oh that's so a yeah, it's, it's yeah it's sour basically yeah. you can you can tell it's bad and then when you're out in the basically the tree tells you when the season's over um or if you just get tired of collecting and you're collecting so much so what happens is is right around april the end of march your trees will bud uh, in preparation for new growth, new uh-huh. leaves and things like that. So then the sap is no longer good to consume. It starts to turn bitter because all of that sugar is now going out to the leaves. It's going out to the rest of the tree to kind of oh. help it grow for the year. So the sugar's going somewhere else. Yeah. yeah. So what will happen is, is your sap will turn like a yellowish urine color or pea oh. color. And then you can smell it kind of smells a little bitter. And, uh, I remember the first time. I took my wife out with me to collect sap, and she's like, oh, somebody peed in this bucket. I'm like, nope, <laughs> nobody peed in this bucket. This is too high off the ground for somebody to pee, and they had to have a step ladder. <laughs> nobody peed in the bucket. So it just eventually will kind of, the tree lets you know, and which is also good because you just dump that off, and then I'll go and pull those spiles then after that. So, oh. yeah. so cool. I know. What a process. I mean, there's a lot more that goes into it than what I can tell people in, you know, a 40-minute podcast. For sure. Yeah. Uh, that's why we'll make videos and, you know, we'll explain to people kind of a little bit more detail. But, mm-hmm. you know, evaporating, like I mentioned, is the, the most difficult and time-consuming part because um, it's a lot of waiting. and wa- Like, you ever heard the term watching paint dry? Yeah. Try watching mm-hmm. water boil. <laughs> <laughs> like if you're making noodles at your house and you like you ever heard that myth like if you watch it it takes longer yeah yeah it's true but it is so, <laughs> it's true. so true so yeah it's it, it's a fun process though um it's got a rich history to it which i said we'll add on to um on our next episode 
now, does any does anybody have any other questions? I know mom brain over there is just yeah, I have no idea. It today. <laughs> <laughs> so, Cheryl had good questions. Yeah, I, I always have can. questions when we actually do it. Like when yeah. we just talk about it, I'm like, okay. Yeah, because so, <laughs> you covered it. Yeah, you do ask good questions, like when you're in it learning. Yeah. Like, kind of. I mean, I still ask questions to myself all the time. Did you do that right? Did you do that? Should you do that? <laughs> so, so yeah. Um, now it is time for. Why are you doing it that way? You didn't do it that way, right? <laughs> I saw you do it this way before. <laughs> That's what she does. <laughs> now it's time for news. Are article. you sure? <laughs> I just cut Melissa off, though. I'm sorry. You're fine. <laughs> news article time. I don't know what I said. <laughs> so for maple sugaring, we decided to. I decided we decided. You guys didn't pick the article. I did. Nope. I decided to stick with. Um, maple sugaring theme and the article um was titled how COVID 19 has affected maple sugaring and i was like oh no oh. did the trees get sick <laughs> <laughs> when oh. i saw the article i panicked i was like oh no this is it oh no i just you built this COVID shack from a tree <laughs> i built the shack we're not gonna have trees anymore uh, what am i gonna do so basically i read the the realistic thing was that how it affected it economically so um, oh. usually there's a shortage of maple syrup in the united states because people prefer real to fake uh -huh. and if you've never had real i promise you well that's not true i've had people who still prefer mrs butterworths or whoever um but i don't think my children will ever switch uh, or go back yeah I hope. Knock on wood. Um, <laughs> They'll make you proud. I don't know how you can put butter flavoring into something. I just, is it just butter? <laughs> like, what is it? I don't get it either. <laughs> but anyway, um, for, with maple syrup, um, oh my gosh, I drew a blank on what I was doing. Did you just pass your brain to me for a second? News article? Sorry. News article. Oh my goodness. COVID. <laughs> <laughs> so basically it was the economic thing. So this year there's, because of its expensive, um, how expensive maple syrup can be, people were rationing their maple syrup instead of just like going hog wild. So now there's a mass overflow of syrup from last year. And um, syrup only stays good for so long, even if you commercially bottle it. Yeah. So it's got like a much shorter shelf life than, like I said, like Miss Buttersworth or whatever uh -huh. you get um kroger brand whatever so it's got a much shorter shelf life so there some of these companies are taking huge losses on the amount that's gonna spoil here in a month or two they've tried to do things like freeze it and stuff like that and they've had to reduce the price uh, to kind of get it out the door and yeah. not lose any more product which i thought was interesting and i knew there would be some economic kind of backlash because you know you don't spend as much money on a uh, homegrown product when you don't have as much money uh -huh. um so that is kind of surprising though i i think if more i don't know i'm surprised that i enjoy maple sugaring as much as i do because i am a very impatient person you guys know that yeah um uh -huh. and it's not like it just like it oh is. reward it's like all this work for a very small reward uh-huh um, but for, you know, your average Joe, like I said, super easy for you to do. You can do it if you have one of those, uh, you can maple sugar. If you have one of those little fryer cooking pots that you use for like a turkey deep fryer, you can just 
keep loading your sap into that and boil it down and then you have your syrup for the year if you tap the trees in your backyard mm-hmm. like i said if you're using more than a gallon of syrup a year whew, that's a you got lot a big family you got a big yeah. family <laughs> you can so i mean i probably i probably use what uh no, there's one of those quarts a year, like the half quart. That's it, even with your kids. Yeah, I don't. I don't eat it. <laughs> Ironically, oh, I try it just so I make sure it doesn't taste bad. Yeah. And then I don't. I don't eat breakfast usually. Every once in a while, I'll put a little bit on a pancake, but I don't put a lot on there. Yeah. Like, just don't. Well, you're not into super sweet stuff, right? No. Yeah. Except yeah. for donuts. Mm. <laughs> let's go get donuts i'm a well technically there's a lot of sugar in bread after it's broken down in your body but when you say when you say sweets you don't think of bread yeah yeah you don't (laughs) unless you're talking about danishes or donuts or (laughs) (laughs) melissa are you hungry now Uh (laughs) uh-huh hashtag always hungry yeah (laughs) which is very exciting so which for me not to eat maple syrup my wife thinks is like the weirdest thing ever she's like i don't know how you do it yeah you're surrounded all the time like yeah well, i have like one cup of sap tea and then every year and then i'll eat a couple pancakes here and there so it's not not a big syruper but i love doing it i did it's not really know fun. that <laughs> when so I, bizarre when i retire I from here and start a maple sugar farm somewhere you guys will you guys will always be able to get free syrup. So, yes. As in Melissa and Cheryl, not everyone <laughs> that's listening to this podcast. Because <laughs> this is on record. <laughs> you can just come tap all my trees and yeah. I'll yeah. be happy. It's really not super hard. It's really not. You can don't just get David your kids that. to do it. I just. Give it two years and, and Carter, just like, Carter, go get the sap. He would do it. Yeah, he, he would, would do, do it. it. As soon as he can drive the gator, it's over. He can drive the gator. He just can't reach the pedals. <laughs> Wait, do you do you guys have any elevation? I don't know. I don't. It's been so um, long since I've been to your house. On, yeah, kind of like not on the pond side, but in the like swampy side. Yeah, you there could just a little bit. You could just tap them and run the pipeline right down through there, and it's not expensive. Okay. Yes, I've seen how much you've spent. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I had David hook that first year, and then you guys and I think got a he barn. still is, but it's out of his head right now. Well, yeah, cause... and I know as soon as he like hears this, he'll be like, "Why aren't we tapping? But <laughs> we could do it this year." Oh yeah, it's it's really it's fun. It's easy to do. When I say that, it's it's easy in theory. It's time consuming. Yeah, it's really yeah. what it is. Um, and it's a tight window and it's right around winter time and going into spring when you don't have as much to do. So it's a reason to get you outside too, right. which is what we love to do here at the park. Yeah. So, get outside people. Yeah. Get it. Tap your trees in your backyard. Even if you have awesome like four. hobby. So yeah. Cheryl's got a tap in her one maple tree in her backyard. <laughs> <laughs> if, if I, I, I think I literally have one maple tree in my backyard. No. <laughs> I live in a residential area, so <laughs> it's a few trees. I have one oak and a maple Aww. and tons of ivy. So better than nothing. Tons of ivy. Yeah, better than nothing. True. Yeah. All right. So 
That's all for this episode. And hopefully next time we'll be talking, not hopefully, we will be talking about the history of maple syrup and maple sugaring. Have a good day, everybody. Bye. Bye.